Hey there, this is Dr. T. Tavo DRC coming from the DFW Leader Ministry Fellowship.com, and we're here today to discuss what is the difference between openly complaining, critiquing, reproving, exhorting, reforming in leadership and in ministry. And one of the things you'll have to notice that when I speak, I'm addressing the Christians in this ministry, black, white, and brown. And I address people also on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ in his name because of the falling away and the running away and being driven away by false teaching and legalism in the accusatory parts of the ministry. Not all, but there are some that are at the grassroots in huge numbers, which create Phariseeism which is a critical Levitical background of the law type of relationship damaging. It could be done to control people or to make sure they come to present their offerings and so forth. That's my conjecture on that. But my main thing is that we keep Jesus Christ's name safe and holy and sacred. And when I studied the scripture on behalf of this, Looking far back to the Garden of Eden, chain of command, the father confronting Adam. It was not, in Genesis 3, it was not the father who accused Adam for sinning. He said, Adam, where are you? He let Adam have a chance to man up, human up, and confess, which he did not. But it was the snake, the serpent, the deceiver, Satan, in the garden who was the accuser. And I don't want people getting the father... The creator father mixed up as the accuser like the Pharisees. And then that Pharisee didn't birth the Messiah in Isaiah 11, 2 and 3. And Jesus Christ in his relationship, his nature in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John when he was alive. So if we trace back the accuser that comes out in the temple today, it would be Phariseeism accusing, gossiping, white lying, blackballing keeping rules and, you know, keeping track of everybody's business. But it doesn't go back to the Messiah because in Isaiah 11, 2 and 3, the Messiah was described with having all seven spirits of God, the seven Holy Spirits it that made him up, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of counsel, might, power, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, and all these together would work so that it says that he would delight himself in the fear of the Lord, Jesus would, and he would not judge by the sight of his eyes nor make discernments based on what he heard. Heard. Let me say that again. He would have all seven spirits, Isaiah 11, 2 and 3, but he would delight himself in the fear of the Lord. It would make All those would make him of quick understanding, yet he would not judge by the sight of his eyes nor make decisions based on what he heard. He wouldn't believe the rumor, the evil report, or even tolerate it in his presence as a minister. And he wouldn't base looking at people, sin spying, concluding and judging that they were doing up to no good or in sin like today. So we point these out that the history of the nature of Jesus is being smeared with accusation. When we have leaders that are over the top and into sin spying, be they Pharisees or just witch watching, whether they're jumping, they've never talked to anybody, they don't believe in it, they're too busy. 
they believe in following the rules, my way or the highway, but they don't relate. We expect the new person in town, the expat from the other part of the country, the other state to come and be under us, but we'll never talk to her. That type of thing. We want your name on the roll. We want you to sit under our ministry. We know the rules. We'll tell them what they are, but we don't want to speak to you. So all these things, I saw this over and over. And I had a rule, you know, I was sent out. For those that don't know, I was sent out at age 24 after being a Baptist preacher's daughter and then a Jesus person, knowing the Lord for myself, Billy Graham era on up. And I never heard of this kind of religious stuff. So when I did... It made the old noble Berean rise up and say, I'm going to challenge this because I don't believe it models Jesus and it doesn't do him any good. It's name calling. So that's how this started. But we want to train people. There's nothing wrong with discerning and assessing if somebody is an evildoer in sin about to hurt you. That's good. It's the accusing, false accusing, tail bearing, witch watching, and having stereotypes of accusation in ministry that is so reprehensible and so anti-Jesus. If it looks like Jesus, sounds like Jesus, resembles the wisdom of God like Jesus in James 3.17, E-O-R-R, pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality, without hypocrisy, then it's okay. If it looks like Jesus, acts like Jesus, talks like Jesus, does like Jesus, does business like Jesus, it's Jesus represented. If it doesn't, it's the opposite. It's antichrist. It's an antichrist spirit. Antichrist liberalism. It's not, it's antichrist because it doesn't make people want to go toward him. It makes them want to flee from him. It is the opposite of getting people into the kingdom. That's why we're talking like this. So when I started, I was sitting in church one day and I was knew the Lord and the Lord spoke and he said, I want you to study my body and I want you to study their doctrine, what they believe, their pet peeves, red flag buzzwords, what they wear. This is leadership now. All the different colors, what their music's like, and one day I'll have you build bridges of understanding between them. And that was all those decades ago. I thought, okay, sounds good. I had never met unclean Christians. I had never met gossip Christians. I had never met biased and racial chauvinists. I'd never met any till through the years. I'd never known a Pharisee that they could exist. I'd never known or even thought of a friendly fire fellowship from such turn away. Second Timothy would fit and apply to the ministry to Christians. But since that time I have. And the reason I'm speaking and addressing these topics is because along the way, when I'd be just sent out enjoying myself, knowing the body, getting in the presence of the Lord, whatever. But I would get bitten by some of these things. I've had people when I sat in the audience, I was at a revival once in Assembly of God in Texas in a little church. And I was sitting there and I was so tired. I was new in Texas, but I'd worked for the Lord. And I thought, I'm going to go to the friend minister's revival just a little teeny church and I'm going to go and take off. So I needed to take off and I was there for the word, the message, the ministry. Well, it turned out they had an old Pharisee that was the speaker older than me. And so I was sitting there and all of a sudden 
the spirit on this person looked at me from across the room and said, and sometimes the enemy puts Jezebels in the audience. And my spirit knew exactly who he was talking about. And I had to leave. I just left. I thought, I don't need to be, you know, my spirit was like, I am so tired. This country man, man, I don't need to have put up with this. So I politely left, but it was just weird. So I have a, I evidently have a deliverance ministry for the whelp. The reason I say that is when I was in Virginia, I had this nice Pentecostal missionary pastor, father of nine, that edited my real TV program for a while. And he had been on the front lines and cast out devils. Well, I'm a, you know, I'm coming up from Baptist. You don't go there. You're not really sure of that. So that was 20 years ago. And so one day he said, Tevo, never be scared if a demon starts to manifest. I went, whoa, really? Why not? He said, it's just a sign. It's ready to come out. Well, when this happened through the years since, I went, man, it's never pleasant. I have been jumped. I have been, <laughs> I have been disrespected. I have had some things happen to me that were so spiritually bad, very bad for the name of Jesus. And so I just realized that I must have a deliverance ministry because from the Lord, because when I, if I come sit in the audience, stand by the leadership table, whatever it is, if it's there, if somebody's got it, usually always white that thing's going to come out. It will either accuse me or give me the silent, stony glare. And I can tell it's there because I am a prophet among the prophets, and I do have discernment of spirits, and especially that one for my own self-defense. So it's just a weird self-righteous. It will not relate. That's the other thing. It won't talk. It won't discuss. It'll just brand you and label and accuse you and do whatever it wants to do. On behalf of the body of Christ, I speak. Because let's get rid of that pollution. So when I have found myself uh, in that type of thing, I thought we need to train. At one point along this, when I've told a lot of these lately, the Lord would say, Tevo, I'm sending you there. Don't take these things perfect personally. Take it prophetically. I said, okay, I'll work on that, which I have. He said, if you see things once, this is the Lord, if you see things once or twice and it hurts people or it hurts my name, then I want you to ignore it. It's a fluke. But if you see things and this happened three times or more, teach on it. Well, everything you hear on every broadcast that I teach like this, I've seen it three to 50 to more times. All right. It's not a really gallant, honorable, loving portrayal not James 3.17, E-O-R-R, portrayal of the Christ, it's not very wise. It's not like Jesus who went about doing good. It's suspicious and toxic and caustic and accusatory. How do I tell if it's really Jesus or not? Just read the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when Jesus Christ was alive on earth in ministry, how he acted and reacted with every single relationship mentioned in the in the gospels so that's my big story and i'm sticking to it but i'm going to close early on this one because we've been around this bush we've been around and we want to help you purify your doctrine we need to help people ready 
assess, but don't accuse. Jesus is coming soon. If you are a leader, your responsibility is Matthew 18, 15. Make an appointment officially, respectfully, humbly, one-to-one confront. Galatians 6, 1. If you are a leader, you think somebody's in sin, you know they're in sin, you make an appointment, you go one-to-one, respectfully, lovingly. It says meekly you confront them in case you later are tempted to fall into the same thing. I don't think anyone in my life in ministry, Christian ministry, has ever loved me enough to confront me. Not anyone has ever called me up and said, Tavo, I thought I heard that you did that. No, they don't do that. They're too busy. They're too full of themselves. So this is the new rule, the new broken law that you don't confront. Now you start, if you're supposed to, you you do it gently easily entreated yourself, respectfully confront. That's all I'm going to say today. God bless you. This is Tevo D'Arcy signing off for now.